You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Melanie, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. So when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that? I actually just worked on this yesterday. <laughs> it's amazing that you're asking me this today of all days. I am, a, I am an ex-brand strategist who is also a speaker trainer, and it's my job to help humans amplify their voice. Mm, awesome. Awesome. How did you come across um, this messaging for yourself? I, well, I do this. I used to do this for a living. I, as a brand strategist, I used to help people with how to talk about themselves. And it's really hard to do it for yourself when that's what you do for a living. So right. I actually, I was sitting there staring at it for a month and I asked my husband to come in and sit down with me and really just kind of go through the words for it. And he helped me really clarify what it was by asking me a lot of really great questions. And that's typically how I help other people do it is what are the words that you say already and how do you talk about what you do in a way that isn't astute and educational and boring and you know the way that you feel like you should do it how can you say what you do very very clearly the way that you would do it anyway gotcha yeah so it's something that people can understand right can grasp onto mm -hmm. in real human words right <laughs> <laughs> so melanie what do you think is your superpower my superpower is creating safe spaces for people to show up. I had a whole team meeting the other day and they were like, if the only thing you ever did was create safe spaces, that would be your whole entire purpose in life. And it's because I'm really good at getting the right people in the right rooms together and making sure that they feel safe enough to share who they really are. Wow, that's awesome. So Melanie, can you take us back to the day when it all began for you? Like what inspired you to start this journey? I, goodness, that was a long time ago. I'm, <laughs> okay. I have a degree in organizational communications and it really sparked when I was wanting to be an English teacher and realized that I would have been bored to tears doing that. <laughs> and uh, right. one of my professors right. approached me, who I'm still friends with at this point, she's in her 70s now, and she approached me and said, hey, I have this degree that we we're starting and you would be perfect for it because English is a big component of it. And it was marketing, advertising, and PR. And that was before branding was called branding. It was all identity management. And um, I would help people understand who they were and how they showed up and how their companies showed up. And I did websites and marketing materials and all of that. And I did that for the next, I mean, 15 years to be able to help companies really show up for themselves. And then once I moved into speaker training, I took all of my experience doing that and moved it into fully helping people show up for themselves, not just for their businesses. Okay, gotcha. In those 15 years, um, when, you, when you first started uh, doing that, was it, was it very difficult? Was it something that you weren't used to? No, it felt natural. I feel like a lot of people go into degrees that are like, oh, I have to work really hard to do this thing. And once I figured out what I wanted to do because it was easy, I was like, this is an easy thing for me. Why, why wouldn't I just do this? because it, doesn't, it shouldn't have to be hard to do the thing that you're good at. Like if you're already good at it, it should be very easy for you to be able to do it. Mm, gotcha, okay. So I guess, uh, could you dive deeper into those, those years and you know, uh, immediately were you starting to get collaborations with people or was it easy to get clients for you? Um, how was that journey? 
It, I mean, at the very beginning, it was really easy getting clients because it was 2000, it was 2000. <laughs> so it was before there were right. website companies. There was no website companies out there. There were mm -hmm. no marketing agencies and branding agencies in rural upstate New York. And so it was really easy for me to get clients because people were like, oh, I really need to be on the World Wide Web. And I'm like, well, I can help with that. And it became a really easy thing for me to do. But after college, I went into billboards and then magazines and then newspaper. And I was doing all the different different types of advertising and marketing until I lost my job in 2008. And I was a marketing director at a big um, IT firm. And we were helping people with all of their marketing and websites and all that kind of stuff. And um, my boss actually asked me, he said, what would you do if I couldn't pay you anymore? And I said, I'd work for myself. He goes, great, you have 30 days. Wow. I was like, oh, cool, <laughs> I can do this, this is great. Uh -huh. <laughs> so he handed me all of his clients and asked me for a 20% commission on everything that he sent me. So that made it really easy to get things started. Most people don't get the opportunity to have an automatic client list right out of the gate, which is kind of amazing. But then after that, it took a while to like, after a year, like that kind of stopped happening. And then I started really building my own client base. And once I was not interested in doing it anymore, it started drying up because I think when you want something really badly, the universe will hand it to you, especially if you're working hard for it. But if you're not interested in it anymore, it'll remind you like, okay, so it's time to move on. And man, it's pretty clear when it's time to move on. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um how did you know like that this is something that you would be working on like for a long period of time? I didn't, I don't think I ever knew that I'd be working on it. I actually kind of feel like I dropped into a lot of stuff because other people were like, I see this in you and I feel like this is a good fit for you. But by the time I started doing speaker training, it became such a natural thing for me to do with all my brand experience. And I love creating safe spaces for humans and, realizing that I wanted to create something that I wanted, not just a thing that other people wanted. I wanted to create something that was really for me. It started becoming easier and easier for me to go, I just want to keep building this. How do I keep building this? And what can I do next to make sure that I can keep adding to this without going away from it at the same time? Mm, okay, gotcha. So what do you think was the number one biggest problem that you faced uh, when you started? Oh my goodness. I think it's, I was young. I think that was the biggest problem Okay. <laughs> was I was just talking about this with a friend last night. I was like, I remember mm -hmm. when I started my business, I was 28. I had really long straight hair. I wore jeans and t-shirts. I didn't really like startup world was like, you know, everyone wore jeans and t-shirts, but like the real world, nobody did. I lived in DC. So everyone was in suits all the time. So every time I showed up at a networking event, people were like, so are you doing a, a paper for school? Like, are you in college? Oh, wow. And I'm like, are you serious? So yeah. by the time I was 32, <laughs> I cut my hair. I ended up getting a personal stylist. I got a makeup artist to teach me how to do my makeup. Like I finally started like dressing the part and feeling the part. So people stopped thinking I was a child, which I think was the biggest barrier for me. Like you can't get old quick enough. And then by the time you're old, they're like, oh, you're not a baby anymore. <laughs> I'm like, when do you switch from being, I'm your, you're a baby versus you're old? Like, I want to know what that year is because I'm about to hit 40 and I feel like, am I there yet? Or is people going to be like, oh, you're still such a baby. Like, okay. Right. If I talk to a 75 year old, yeah, that makes sense. But mm -hmm. that's my biggest challenge. Gotcha. Um, so 
Melanie, you said you started out really, really early, right? 2000s. Mm-hmm. Was there something different about, there must have been something different about branding back then, right? How, how was it different back then? Oh, it wasn't even called branding. I mean, mm-hmm. it was called identity management and it was, right. nobody really thought about branding from the feeling perspective. So as I started speaking and I started sharing what branding really was, people were like, wait, branding isn't just the logo? Uh, like right. I, th- I, I always knew that there was, it was way deeper than that. It was an intrinsic piece of a business. It was way more than just the logo and the colors and the font styling, but so many, it was an educational problem and most people had no idea. I mean, big companies knew that, but the little companies were like, yeah, but they're huge companies. They can do that. Like Nike, everyone can tell their logo is their logo. I'm like, yeah, but they weren't always a huge company. They started as a small company. They didn't start as a huge thing. Google, same thing. Like all of these huge companies grew because they had a very focused identity and they understood who they were. But at the educating, it's so much education for people to understand that you don't have to be a big company to understand that your brand has to be based on a feeling, not your logo. Because your logo won't matter over time. It's the feeling that you're giving people. And what's the feeling that, um, I guess, people would want should be conveying through their brand? It's the feeling that they need to be deciding what that is. So <clears throat> I usually give people homework when I'm doing a Rock Your Brand talk, which is one of my signature talks. And I think I just phased it out this last year. But it's basically I tell people, go to all of your clients and ask them, what do we do well? What do we need to work on? And on a scale of one to 10, how are we doing? Or would you refer me to a friend? And I ask them to tell their clients that. And then I ask them to have their employees say the same thing. And they can look at all of the responses for these things. Like, what do we do really well? And what do we not do very well? And focus on the things that they want to be doing really well. So don't fix the things that they're not doing well, unless it's something that's breaking their brand promise. But if you're thinking about the feeling that you want to be giving people, if you look at what you do really well, is that the same as the feeling you want to be giving them? Or is that different? How do you need to change that? So it really comes down to like the decision of what you want as your brand and what's the feeling you want to have for your brand. Mm, gotcha. And what kind of impact has your, has your work made for people already and their brands? When you're putting that feeling together and you're making sure all of the people are on the same page with this, it's amazing what happens when your brand feeling comes through all of your employees and it goes to your clients and it's all consistent across the board. It allows you to really truly just cover everything and make sure that every part of your business is fully branded and you're hiring the right people. You're working with the right people. They're all saying the right things and making sure that they're sharing you in the same way. So your clients are getting the same feeling from every person in your company because your brand is what everyone else is saying about you, not what you're saying about yourself. So how can you make sure that they're all saying what you want them to? Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And do you have any favorite brands that you study? Oh man, personal <laughs> brands and business brands. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. depends on who I'm working with or what I'm talking about, but a lot of it has to do with like people like Marie Forleo have a really beautiful personal Mm, brand and like she really knows how to show up for herself Mm -hmm. but then there's also bigger companies like REI does a killer job with who they are and what they stand for and how they can attract their employees and like standing up for not having Black Friday like they're closed on Black Friday 
because they want their employees to go outside and they want the rest of the world to opt outside and to do more for the world instead of just shop. So people who really stand up for their mission and who they are, those are the people that I look to the most for what they do. Are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course? Well, use our one-page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics. You can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com. Now, back to the show. Melanie, what was the first product that you, first online product that you launched? Uh, the first online product that I launched was, goodness, a free, the free one that I did was bite-sized branding, which is still up and people, I don't even tell people mm -hmm. I have it anymore, but people still go to it and <laughs> use it. Uh -huh. um, but since then, it was the Speak With Confidence online course. I'd never built an online course before. And um, when we were building our Speak With Confidence retreats, we realized that the online course was such a huge component of it because I didn't, I couldn't teach someone how to write a talk in three days. I wanted them to practice it and work on it and like get it even better, but I wanted to give them the ability to take the six weeks ahead of time to work on it. So when we put it together for the retreats, we realized that we could also give it to people who aren't going to come to the retreats and who would still want to work on their talks and that kind of thing. So we put that online and we're able to, to give that to more people than just, just the people coming to our retreats. Mm, gotcha. And what was the response on that online course? Oh, it's wonderful. It's, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the only courses that comes with a 150 page workbook that I send you in the mail because wow, most online crazy. courses, people just give you like, here's the access to the online course and it costs them zero to do it. And except for the work that they put into it on the front end. And I'm like, I want to give somebody something that they could put take on an airplane with them and write in and brainstorm in and come up with how they can do this and like look back at and write down all of their ideas and have a space for them, not just in a notebook to be able to work on it. So yeah, we have, we have it online and, and in actual like hand in printed, printed edition, but I'm sending a goodie bag to people. People are always like, what? I just, that's so cool because you, yeah. letting people know that they can get mm -hmm. more than they bargain for is a, such mm. a big deal for me. That's awesome. Uh, on your website, you said that you're really into creating workbooks. <laughs> is that mm -hmm. really true? Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I can create a workbook about something, I will. <laughs> wow. Is that, yep. is that like a natural skill of yours or is this something that you kind of cultivated over time creating like massive workbooks? I'm a teacher at heart. So I've always wanted to be a teacher, like a music teacher and then an English teacher. And I always wanted to be someone who was able to give people what they needed and give them exercises. Like I have a friend who sent me a message on Instagram the other day and was like, I'm doing your life vision workbook and I'm having such a hard time with what I want because figuring out what I want is the hardest thing for me. And I'm like, well, then why don't you come over and sit in the living room and I'll record a meditation that I can walk you through that will help you visualize what it is that you want and I'll get something out of it and you'll get something out of it. And I'll be able to add a meditation to this workbook that I built. And she's like, how do you even think of this stuff? I'm like, it's a lot of practice. It's me doing it myself and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And then figuring out what the right questions are. And that, that's a natural thing for me is really understanding what's the deeper question behind something and then figuring out how to ask it. So yes, workbooks are pretty natural for me because wow. I, awesome. I create them for myself so that I can give myself a method to the madness. Mm, gotcha. So Melanie, um, I'm sure a lot of people know about your story or aspects of it. 
is there something maybe like a quirky little part that people might not know about your journey? Oh goodness. I'm sure if people have followed me for any length of time, they know most of it. My friend Gail told me the other day that there's more of it that needs to be shared. And I'm like, well, I'm looking <laughs> forward to hearing what that is so far. Um, <clears throat> most people actually don't know that my last name is not Spring. It's, it's Harris. And I've been using Melanie Spring as my name for almost 20 years at this point. But it's my middle name. And it's something that I just dropped my last name for the last 20 years because I didn't want, you know, way back when I started my first business in 2000, the internet was not the safest place because people were using it to steal stuff from people, hurt people, stalk Mm -hmm. people. Like you had all of the public information was online. So I started using Melanie Spring because I was like, nobody is ever going to be able to find me if I use this because all of my business, like my personal records are under Harris. So I think Mm, most of my friends just found this out when I got (laughs) married recently. (laughs) My name became Melanie Russell and they were like, wait, Uh you're changing Melanie Spring. I'm like, no, no, it's always going to be Melanie Spring because it's my middle name. But now right. my last name is actually Russell. So 20 years later, mm. I can finally tell people that I changed it. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yep. So if you can go back, Melanie, um, let's say when you were first building your business and teach yourself one skill at that younger age, what skill yeah. would that be? Oh, one skill. I would have, I really wish I had known how to not be scared of speaking much younger. I just wrote a blog post today about Mm -hmm. how I've always been on stage, like since I was a little, little kid, but I was always a singer or I played piano or I played flute. I was in the choir. I accompanied the choir. Like I, I did all of the stuff on stage. I couldn't say my name without wanting to pee my pants. And it took me until I was 29 Mm-hmm. to start really understanding how to speak. And now I get nervous singing on stage, which is like, it's like it went the opposite direction. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think learning how to get up and say what I want to say in front of people, I think would have been so amazing for me to be able to, yeah. to learn how to do a long time ago. So, yeah. How did you overcome that fear? I I just posted it, like literally posted about this today is I, I had my friend Jan Fox as a speaker coach. She was a four-time Emmy-nominated or Emmy-winning TV um, show host, or I think she was a reporter. And she saw me speak at church and saw me trembling and saw me like really having a hard time. And I called her a couple of weeks later. I was like, hey, I hear you teach speakers how to speak. And she came in and was like, this is going to be terrible. And realized that I really know what I'm talking about, but I had a hard time getting over the hump of being a speaker. She gave me the right. best advice. Mm-hmm. She was like, if you stop trying to be a speaker and just talk to people as if you're having coffee with them, you'll stop being scared about it. And Mm. it it didn't like dissipate my fear right away, but it definitely made me think, oh, I don't have to get up and put on my speaker voice. I can get up and just be me, which was way easier than being a speaker because I didn't know how to do that. So I got up and started being myself. And over time, it just... I don't get scared anymore. Like, I'm like, okay, let's do this. What's up? I'm Melanie. Let's do this thing. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it took a long time. A lot of, a lot of practice, a lot of rehearsal, a lot of, of, of making it happen. But that was mm-hmm. the first, the first moment I finally realized, like, I really can do this. Mm. And how come you say that speaking is like essential for you? Um, is it like your favorite platform to communicate with people on? 
Oh, it's essential because it literally is the thing that helps me amplify my voice. So I teach people how to amplify their voices. And the more people I'm in front of, the more people are able to do it for themselves. And I, that's what I teach from stage, whether it's leading with confidence, speaking with confidence, rocking your brand, rocking your pitch or anything else that I'm doing, even if I'm emceeing, people are thinking, oh my gosh, if she can do this and fully be herself and still be the same person I meet off stage, then I can do this too. So speaking is imperative for me to be able to do what I do. Gotcha. Melanie, when someone looks at your brand, um, they might be overwhelmed. Like they, they see a whole lot of stuff. They're like, um, Melanie can do this, right? She's this different person. Right. What would you say to those people? Because you have, a, seems like you have your hand in a lot of buckets. Well, I really moved out of most of the buckets and fully into the speaker training recently. So I'm mostly just a keynote speaker and speaker trainer at this point. Okay. And mm -hmm. I don't even do brand strategy work anymore, except for a friend will call and be like, help. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I, I oh, need okay. to, I'm, I'm removing mm -hmm. all of that stuff off of my site and making sure that I'm cleaning up most of what I used to do, but it's taken a long time to transition. So the last three years have been a lot of transitioning. So I don't, I think my focus is that I'm really focused on the two events that I do a year, the speaking that I do. And then I help corporate companies with corporate trainings doing the same exact thing. It's just from a pitching perspective and it's speaking without calling it public speaking because most people are scared of that. So. Right. Gotcha. Is there a reason why you're transitioning from all that into speaker training? Yeah. Cause I hated brand strategy. Like most people are oh. like, Oh, but mm -hmm. my mom doesn't like that logo. And I'm like, Oh, great. Cause your mom's <laughs> your perfect client. Uh -huh. It just became like my inbox became a dumpster fire after a while because someone was like, my website's down. And I'm like, that's not my fault. Call your website host. And they're like, no, but it's your fault that my website's down. I'm like, but it's not. Okay. So right. it was more the education of so much of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, my business isn't working. I'm like, well, are you doing any sales? Well, no. Well then duh, that's why it's not working. <laughs> so it's right. like you become the person who is at fault for everything in everyone else's companies. And you're like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to help people in a much more positive way. I don't want to like look at my inbox and think, Oh, I have to do this again this week. So after a long time of doing it, I decided it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite thing anymore. I didn't make my heart sing anymore. So and I teach people to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I can't keep doing something that doesn't make my heart sing. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So what are the projects that you're most excited about today? Well, our seventh Speak With Confidence is coming up in April. And we only have three more VIP spots left and it's only January. So I'm really stoked about that and excited for all the okay. people who are showing up. And we yeah. also this year launched our Rock Your Pitch corporate trainings, which help whole companies be able to share their message with people and be able to get up and get over that fear of speaking or that fear that they're going to get in trouble for saying the wrong thing because it gets everyone on the same page. So those are the two really big things that I'm excited about. That's awesome. Melanie, do you have a vision, like a five to 10 year vision from now? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the I have a one year vision at the moment that is to help 7,320 people this year amplify their voice. And then the bigger vision okay. for the whole company, I'm actually gonna pull it up because I, I have it written down, is that we're the go-to resource for 
and I haven't finalized this word yet, but speaker training is what I put with us. I have a certain number in revenue, 50 crew members and two company owned event spaces. So that's our 10 year target is really understanding like how can we have the space for people to be able to show up to make sure that it's safe for them to be who they're meant to be. Awesome. Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to say to your audience out there listening? Oh man, I feel mm-hmm. like there's, I have so many different things that I love to share with people, mostly from a vulnerable place of it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out what you need to do or who you are or what you're meant right. to do. But mm-hmm. there are people like me who are hell bent on making sure that people really can show up for themselves. So I recently put together um, a free speaker training that I put online because I was like, the more people that I can touch, which is part of my big number for this year, the more people will be able to go out and say what they need to say, which is my biggest mission in life is to help people do that. So um, I put together a free training called how to write a stage worthy talk in under 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And someone actually wrote me back the other day and she said, you just saved me 30 hours of stressing out about a talk. And she goes, it didn't take me 45 minutes. It took me an hour. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it didn't take me 30 hours is so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And where can people find that resource? If you go to ispeakwithconfidence.com slash training. And I have it on my website too under the free resources. 